Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Finch Show and I am James Finch. Uh, before I get into today's show, as always, I got to talk about our sponsor, Blackstar Woodcrafts. Blackstar Woodcrafts is owned and operated by my good friend, Scott, um, out of his shop up in Michigan, and he does phenomenal work. We've been close friends for a long time. He supports me and I support him wholeheartedly without reservations. You can find his business, Blackstar Woodcrafts, on Facebook or Instagram, and he now has an Etsy shop. So you can go to any of those, see what kind of products he has, and he has such a diverse array of things that he does. Everything from these really ornate wood pens to bottle toppers, bath caddies, clocks, pen holders. I mean, you name it, this guy can do it. And his work is always high quality. You know, it's it's just him and his shop, man. He doesn't have a, you know, a huge crew that mass produces cheaply made stuff to sell for a way higher price than it's worth. Everything he does is handmade. Um, he does a lot of his stuff to order. And he loves that collaboration process with customers. So if you go through and you see some of the stuff he likes and you place an order, he's going to make it then and there. And if you see something and you want something that's like a, a slightly different color or different size, by all means, talk to him. You can message him directly through any of those avenues and he can start that dialogue with you. He's really, really great to work with. He's easy to work with. He's a nice guy and you won't be disappointed. You want to get a loved one, a family member, somebody, a gift that is unique and is different and not your typical just, hey, found this real quick at Walmart or Target or Amazon, Blackstar Woodcrafts is the way to go. And because he is the sponsor of this podcast, you will get 15% off your order by mentioning The Finch Show. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Do it today. Now, on to today's podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Ronnie Bush, who is currently a mayoral candidate um, here in Freeport, Illinois. Um, we met once briefly last week, shook hands, talked about this, and uh, he agreed to come on the podcast to sort of talk about uh, how he feels about Freeport, about the direction he feels it can go, and some of the things that he would like to do if elected. The right now in Freeport early voting is going on until April 5th, and then April 6th is the general voting day. So we sat down over Zoom, had the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Mr. Bush. Okay, we are rolling. We are recording. I am here with uh, Mr. Ronnie Bush, mayoral candidate here in Freeport, Illinois. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning to you. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I can't complain. I can't complain. The right. um, So I guess uh, right off the bat, I want to give people kind of a, or let you, I guess, give people sort of your background here in Freeport. Okay. Well, uh, born and raised. Uh, proud graduate of Freeport High School in 1971. Uh, my dad uh, was the second African-American police officer that was on the police department here in Freeport in 1959. Uh, my brother was on the fire department uh, until recently, uh, maybe about 2019 when he finally retired. Uh, been involved in city government for over 26 years, well, 22 years on the city council and, and uh, for four years on the county board 
was just reelected again in November to serve another four-year term. So I've been, you know, been heavily involved in in, in uh, city politics and and uh, really still interested in about about Freeport. And I, I see a bright future in Freeport if we just take advantage of what's 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 there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What um what made you decide to run for the mayor mayor mayor's office? I should say. Well, you know, for one, you know, the years that I was on the city council, I always had gotten approached about running for mayor. And, then, you know, it always been a, a, a thought of having. And then when I was approached again about it, uh, you know, I really gave it some more thought about it. But one thing I learned that you don't choose the time, time choose you. And I just feel that uh, the time has now come for me to run for for city uh, uh for the mayor of Freeport. Plus, I'm not too happy how things are being done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll just uh, go ahead and let you elaborate on that. What kind of uh, criticisms do you have? Well, for one thing, you know, with the only difference now than uh, with city government than what it was when I was there is now under the city managerial government. Whereas, you know, now the, the city manager is responsible for the day-to-day operation of the city to where now the mayor is pretty much free to interact with the community. And I really haven't seen that. Well, put it like this, in certain communities, I haven't seen that. Uh, and I just think that's, that's you know, for Freeport to prosper, to move forward, you got to include everybody to make Freeport uh, uh, a proud city. And so, and I just felt that now's the time to do that. I, I just can't see us going another four years underneath the same aspects of how things being done because it's going to get, if it, instead of getting better, it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that now's the time to do it instead of get too bad of a shape that you won't be able to turn it around. Mm-hmm. What, all, um, what would be, I guess I should say, your uh, plan of action in terms of interacting with everyone and sort of bringing everyone together? Well, I think for one, you know, uh, uh, since being out campaigning, I'm hearing a lot of complaints about the streets and roads, how bad they are in town. I mean, you drive everywhere in town, there's bad streets, and these are not potholes, as the present administration is trying to call it as potholes. These are not potholes. All you got to do is go to my campaign page on Facebook, elect Ronnie J. Bush, and I've got pictures on there of different areas of town where these are not potholes. So I think that, and when I was alderman before, we only say about five, about 450,000 a year for roads. Now the city is, is getting decent, decent funding to improve roads. And, and to whereas I think that they need to really start in the bad section of, of roads to, to really start getting that going. I mean, this, this is not gonna happen overnight. But I think that they need to really start addressing. One thing that really uh, frustrated me that uh, I would listen to the March 1st uh, council meeting where they mentioned about spending almost a million dollars on Empire Street. Wow. What about Adams? <laughs> you know, there's always been talk about Adams. Nothing never, I mean, even though they say it's, it's, it's plans and working, they getting this and they getting that. But I think they just should have started with Adams first before they even did Empire. True enough, Empire is, is, is a major road in town and stuff like that. But Adams is, 
is, is a truck route for people coming in, for trucks coming in. It's a truck route. And Adams is in bad shape. They should have started there, you know. Uh, so I, I just think that now, and, and you have to go to my, once again, go to my campaign page. And the 10 questions that, this, uh, that was asked of me during a primary, I'm still going by that even in the general election. Question two, ask the question about streets and water and sewer. You have to combine the two. They can't be separate. You have to combine the two, you know, because it don't make no sense to go repave the street. Then, then a year later, you got to go back and tear it up to repair the water and sewer line. You need to do this water and sewer line first before you repair the streets. Uh, I tell you, they did float streets. I bring it up all the time. I think they wasted the taxpayer money on that. You know, uh, you have to do a, you if you're gonna repay the street, you have to do it right. That because you shouldn't have to go back forever to do anything with that street. And I just see Flow Street in five or six years, they're gonna have to go back and do we do it again. Mm. That's up. So is that is what is the overall condition of the water and sewer system in Freeport? I guess I've never asked well, that before. Well, you know what? <laughs> you look at that something that's been uh, over 130, 35, 40 years old. Every water line, water sewer line in Freeport is bad. And then also to the roads. Uh, so it's it's something that every administration had always tried to address, but with the limited amount of money that they could get, they could only do so much. But now you're getting some decent funding where you can be able to do that. I think it's time out of kicking the can down the street. You, you got to come up with a plan to be able to address that. The president administration said they got a 20 year plan. I got a 10 year plan. Therefore that you can always, always stay on. You got to stay focused and stay on course. You can't deteriorate from that, you know. True enough, you're going to have situations to come up that might cause you to, to, to get off, off center, but you have to really maintain it. You got to. That's the only way you're gonna be able to get it done. You know, and by that one, I'm saying ten year plan. When you get done with year one, then start planning for year year eleven, because you always have that ten year plan. Well, come on. I mean, they don't. I, I to me, I think they're just throwing twenty years up. Just saying, hey, we're gonna do something. But when it come down to it, this you gotta look at. It, it's an election year. They hadn't done nothing before now. All of a sudden, now they see that it's a big issue. Now they're coming up with a 20-year plan. When it comes down to it, they're not gonna, they're not gonna complete it because this is gonna take time. And even with my plan, it's gonna take about 40, 50, 40, 45 years to get all every street done in Freeport. But at least people can see their money getting used and getting done because people don't like taxes. I don't like taxes. But I look at taxes more or less as an investment. And you know, when you invest something, you expect something out of it. Right now, people are not seeing that. To where with my plan, I will make sure that they will see that their money is being used where it's supposed to be used at and it's getting done. Instead of you, it should get to the point where the residents are really getting tired every time they turn around they got a detour to go somewhere else because there's road construction going on. That's what they need to see. Mm -hmm. work is instead of talking about it. As I mentioned in the forum, instead of talking about it, you got to be about it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and that's kind of the way I feel is that, uh, yeah, you know, taxes kind of stink, but on the other hand, it what's even worse is paying taxes and just, you know, sort of having that feeling like nothing's happening, like nothing's being done with that money that's being, you know, that you're paying all the time, you know, it's like, it, it just kind of disappears in the meantime, over the course of years, just like you said, the roads and the streets continue to get worse. Um, so yeah, what uh, did they reveal the current administration, what exactly is all in this 20 year plan? Or did they just call it a 20 year plan and close the book on the situation? They just call it the 20 year plan. I mean, you haven't seen nothing nowhere. All that you seen is building a better Freeport. That's it. So they haven't rebuilt nothing. No more to say they got a 20 year plan. They talked to the public works director. He got a big plan on filling potholes. We're not talking about potholes. Some of them are. Yeah, some of them are definitely not potholes. And you're not lying. I mean, gosh, anytime you drive up and down Adams or Carroll or Chicago or any of those, it's just like, oh, my gosh, you feel like you got to take your car into the shop and get the suspension checked every single time because it's <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty, pretty nasty. What um, what uh, how about uh, yours? And I guess I don't want to get too granular with this, but um, calling it a 10 year plan, what kind of stages are there in that? Well, I think, first of all, you have to, you know, sit down and make a plan um, and, and then take it to each ward to where you can people the opportunity to give their input on it. And then you have to, and then after that, tailor it to the, what the resident wants to see happen, you know. And, you know, and <laughs> strangely as it might sound, you have some people rather prefer their roads to be rough. So the reason is because it, 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 it caused less traffic and the neighborhood is quiet. Mm -hmm. But uh, so therefore you have to, my plan is to always involve the people, the citizens in Freeport in the decision-making. Instead of just come over with a plan, this is what we're gonna do. No, you have to listen. You're the mayor is the voice for the people. You have to listen to the people. You have to be able to take their concerns to city hall to make things happen for them. So that's what I'm looking at to do. My major goal is try to unify the community. Because right now I'm seeing the community being very divided. Mm -hmm. And to for Freeport to 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 move forward, if you want to build a better Freeport, you got to include everybody. So therefore what, what my plan is try to take it to each ward and have them to give their input on it. And then after that we will tailor to the way they want to do it. And then we move on with it. Yeah, this was, um, it was in Freeport. It was an interesting summer, you know, <laughs> with um, I don't, as somebody who's been in and around Freeport my entire life, all the um, activity that went on downtown with a lot of the, the protests in the wake of the, the George, unfortunate George Floyd incident. Um, I was at a few of those. Um, and it just, it, it, I, I still to this day don't entirely know what to make out of the current administration's response to that. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, I guess at the end of the day, the question I want to ask is how did, how do you feel about um, sort of what happened um, over the course of the summer and sort of the way that it was responded to? I think the administration missed the golden opportunity of uh, reuniting the community together. Uh, I see it that uh, with the social justice committee, that's more or less a good feeling thing. Just to sort of say they did something. 
I mean, how can you solve a social justice issue in six months? If that's the case, then everybody needs to be lining up for some type of advice from them because ain't nowhere in the world you're going to solve any social justice uh, uh, issue in six months. So that tells me right there that they have no intention of doing anything, no more just to try to please somebody to say that they did something. I think that the social justice, I mean, social justice is not going away. I mean, look what's happening now with the Asian American, you know, with that issue. So it's not going away. I mean, it's something that I think as a city that we need to constantly keep on top of and dressing those things. Um, I will, if, if possible, I, if when elected, I would like to try to create an office of uh, uh, a culture diversity director for the city. Uh, but you know that 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 comes with funding and everything else, so we had to you know be able. But if not, I would like to set up a racial justice committee of different ethnic groups in town, of representative uh, businesses, uh, to and then you had to really select people who are really really concerned about the racial justice uh, uh, situation in Freeport. And then also too, they can't be dictated at each meeting what you're going to be uh, discussing and 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 go over. I think that should come come up from from the committee what they would like to see instead of them being told this is what you're going to be uh, discussing. This is what's coming before the committee. No, leave that up to the committee to decide. You know, uh, and then let them decide who's going to be the chairman and and, and the vice chairman instead of you being told who's the chairman and the vice chairman. I think a lot of people on the committee were some good people, but I, I think that, uh, 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 and I hate to say the word, but I think they were more or less being used. You know? uh, so it, it's, once again, I think the city missed a golden opportunity to really help uh, uh, bring the community together. And also too, ain't no way in the world you're gonna solve a racial a social issue in six months. No way in the world. Well, and it um, and it just seemed to me, and I, I don't know if I'm 100% correct on this, but was there, a, from your perspective, was there any kind of like um, extensive search throughout the community for people who should be on the social justice committee? Or was it just, uh, here's my list of people, they're a committee, and here we go? Well, I, I would say that she started out right by putting it out to anybody that was interested about being on there. But mm. after that, it just, it, it was more or less people that she was familiar with, you know. Uh, I attended one or two of them, well, on Zoom, attended maybe one or two of the meetings, but I know there was always uh, constant uh, uh, criticism about the people that was on there and people who wasn't on there. Should have been a youth on that committee uh, because, and that's another thing too that I'm really, uh, in support of, of investing in our youth because they're our future. They're gonna be our future leaders and they have concern as well. And I think it's time that we listen to them. They should have been on there, you know, addressing some of the social issues that, that they face as the youth, but there wasn't nobody young on there. I mean, I've, I've heard there was promise that there's gonna be somebody on there, but I've never, I think you never, they never did uh, appoint nobody. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the uh, representative from the Greater Freeport Partnership should be on there. The reason is because they go out and, and, and marketing Freeport 
trying to get people to come to free for businesses and stuff like that. So they should have been on that. You know? uh, so it's just, once again, you can't just go and pick your, 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 your friends or people who, who, who align, your, align themselves with you to be on the committee. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to reach out to all to every citizen somehow or another right. to get them involved. That's the reason why people don't have trust in city government because that's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And uh, <clears throat> personally, you know, I don't know if um, in your time if you've ever met Dr. Julie Hartman Lick. Have you ever met her before? No. Oh, she's a she's a wonderful person. She's a Freeport resident. Um, she taught at uh, Frostburg University in Maryland. She currently teaches at Highland. She's got her PhD in sociology. She teaches women's studies. Um, She has an extremely diverse background in racial issues, gender issues, and all of her opinions and thoughts are backed by a ton of research. You know, she's not just somebody who has opinions. We're close friends. I've had her on my podcast a couple of times. And she is someone who is just such a phenomenal resource that the fact that someone like her a wasn't on the social justice committee i don't want to speak for julie i know you're going to listen to this later but that wasn't on the social or at least consulted in that manner and that's and from my and again I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest i have kind of a narrow you know narrow perspective on this um but just like you were saying that's what it kind of felt like is it was sort of like um a pr stunt a sort of like there's a lot of turmoil going on right now about social issues so let's slap together a committee real quick to be a feel-good PR thing, and then we can just move on with our day. And that's that's what I'm saying. I be true with you. Before that first march went on downtown, I criticized the city for not even. They should have met before that even happened. When that George Floyd issue happened, the mayor should have called people in to discuss discuss what had just happened, and see how Freeport could be able to somehow or another get around the issue before anything would have happened. Mm-hmm. In other words, it should have been more, more proactive instead of reactive. Mm-hmm. That's what, and, and to me, it was just a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt that but, way. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I do agree, you know, when you got people like her, the lady you just talking about, that's who you should be really reaching out to, you know. Uh, if anything, if she wasn't on the committee either, she should she should have came and spoke to the mm-hmm. committee. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get on her about that, talk to her, be like, hey, listen. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll uh, switch gears. What, um, as somebody who is a lifelong resident of Freeport, what is your sort of general view of the community, the people who live here, kind of like um, included in that, the problems that we have and also the opportunities that we have moving forward? We have some good, we, uh, Freeport has some, 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 some good citizens in Freeport. Uh, throughout my years being in Freeport, born and raised, graduate, and, and did go to Highland College for a couple of years. I was on the first class of the Highland Leadership Institute. Um, and then also being involved in city government and stuff like that, I had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of great people in Freeport. I just think that and true enough, you have some that's still set in their ways. But I, I, I really feel that if we had the proper leadership in Freeport, we could be able to turn Freeport around. Uh, be, 
I mean, it just, you can't just be there just one for one segment of the community and, and forget about the other segment of the community. It's gonna take everybody working together. I always give this example, like everybody have, have written uh, the, the teeter top. When everybody's working together, that teeter top is steady moving, steady moving, going up and down, up and down, until that one decided that he's not gonna do anything and just stop. So both of you just stuck. You're not going nowhere. And that's how I see in Freeport is. We stuck. We're not going nowhere. You know? So it's time to, to change that, to move Freeport forward. And by reaching out to the people, instead of always reaching out to the same people all the time, reach out to other people that never been asked to do anything. You'd be surprised how many people are willing to, uh, uh, to help if they just get asked. They never get asked. So people lose the lose the trust, and and just feel you know why bother? You know? Mm -hmm. I want to change that, you know, and I will change that because I'm gonna start reaching out to everybody because I can't do this by myself. I'm willing to lead, but the only way to lead, I gotta have some people to to be able to uh, to buy into my vision, to help make this vision come true. Okay, what? Um... I like that. I like the way you put that. And I think I feel that's the way most communities are. I feel like many communities, um, people care about their community, but a lot of times people who care about the community don't exactly know the best way to help. They don't know the best way they can get involved. And so having, having a form of leadership that can sort of, you know, guide and sort of be like, Hey guys, I need your help. This is what we want to do. I, 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 can't agree with you enough on that. 100% absolutely. <clears throat> what does, um, what's your, what would be, I guess, your best talking points um, for selling Freeport to outsiders? Freeport is, is, is a city that's, that's on a rise, that we are out to, to, to respect each and, each and every one of us. We are out to, to, uh, uh, to greet everyone into Freeport. And also too, Freeport is a city of, of brotherly love that we are able to, to be able to show love to one another regardless of, of, of race or, or whatever. That we, that we it, true enough, racism still gonna be alive, but we willing to work, try to work around those issues to make Freeport a better city. Mm -hmm. That's good, I like that. Um, it, getting a little bit trickier as someone who, um, as you said, your your father was the first um, African American policeman on the Freeport second, Police. Second, first. second, second, second. Okay. He was the second. He was All second. right. So uh, you have a, a definitely a, a, a family inside view as to the police department and the way sort of law enforcement works. Um, what are sort of your, I guess, issues or ideas or thoughts on um, any kind of local sort of police reform or changes to the way law enforcement is handled in the community? Well, for one, and I've, I've said over and over again, you know, well, since my dad, you know, policing, had, policing has changed quite a bit. But the one issue that I really liked at one time when the city of Freeport had was community policing, uh, which was a federal grant program once in, once the, the grant ran out, the city pretty much stopped. It worked. To me, if, if, if it was that successful and it worked, 
why stop it? Should have kept it going. We always find money to do everything else with it. How come we couldn't find nothing to keep that program going? True enough, we true enough, we might not be able to do the full scale of the community policing. But I think that somehow or another getting that police officer out the car, walking the streets, talking with neighbors, that it would help build that trust and a relationship between the residents and the city of Freeport. Instead of I'm seeing now the police is, is the city is so quick to get military equipment. All you're doing is, is, is still splitting the community because you got these big trankers running down the street just like it did with the, uh, uh, the marching and the riot that they had downtown. Just like it would have did that. So, you know, let's, if you're really serious about building a better relationship, once again, don't talk about it, be about it. That, that hopefully that when I get in, and I, I'm saying when I get in, that's, a, that's something that I'm really gonna be pushing for, is trying to somehow or another bring community policing back. Mm -hmm. uh, because that, I think that would help tremendously building that relationship. Okay, that was, uh, yeah, that was, <clears throat> this past summer, I gotta say it was really bizarre. It was really bizarre to be standing out in front of the courthouse um, protesting and armored cars roll up in Freeport. You know, that just felt insanely like very standoffish rather than the notion of we understand you have some concerns, we understand you're upset, and we would like to talk about that and come up with some solutions. Instead, we're just going to roll up armored cars and get out a bunch of guys in tactical gear to stand across from you. And that just didn't at all, to me, feel like the answer to bringing a community together. All you do is put more wood on the fire, you know. And, and I mean, I'm not for violence. I'm not for violence at all. But I think that to fight violence with violence is, is not the way to go. Uh, but once again, I just think by, uh, and let me say this, I think that uh, uh, the city and the police department have been trying very hard to, to come up with solutions to better the relationship. But I just, and I, and, cause I've been involved in, in, in some meetings with, with them along with the group called CARE. Uh, but I just see it that somehow another community policing is one aspect of the puzzle to create a better relationship between the citizens and the police department. Mm -hmm. You said you've been involved with CURE. Was that, was that what, what you called it, CURE? Like C-U-R-E? Right, C-U-R-R, Citizen United for Rights. <laughs> I can't even, but anyway, they've been meeting and they've been meeting with them. And, and uh, I know that they're talking about doing more training which I'm in totally uh, uh, support of. I think there needs to be more cultural diversity sensitive training done. I think with racial profiling, I think there need to be somehow or another some unconscious bias test done just to see. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and have changed quite a bit. We do realize police officers are involved in a lot of situations that could really affect them. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should give them time to be able to go talk to a mental health 
uh, a professional to to so they could talk through their issues. Uh, so I I just feel that all those things have to be in place for a police officer and for the residents and citizens level to be able to have that trust and be able to work with one another. Mm -hmm. Well, it's uh it's it's rough, and I've in any time this has come up in any one of my podcasts and anybody who's talked to me knows I've said it a million times. I respect the fact that being a police officer is a tough job. It can be a tough job physically and it can definitely be a tough job mentally. I don't, you know, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for police officers and I have, you know, no doubt that the majority of police officers um, get into it with very good intentions. Um, I just feel like our and the way we initially train police officers and the way we handle continue training is woefully inadequate for the kind of situations that people are put into. You know, it's like, cause I want to say what is like a six or eight week training course to become a police officer. And then it's just, here's a car and here's a gun and go enforce the laws. Um, just like you were saying, the fact that we don't have any kind of program in place to help with the mental aspect of that thing um, to help with um, a lot of people even coming to grips with their own prejudices and biases that they may not even be fully aware that they have, which I think is far too often the issue. You meet very few people, I think, who will come out and blatantly say, hey, I'm a racist. You know what I mean? The majority of people for them, it's, it's on a subtle level to the point where they don't even realize it's there or maybe they don't want to confront that. And it's a lot easier to come up with excuses for why it is they feel the way they do you know, and I, I, gee, I, you're, you're 100% right. I feel like on some level that there should be some sort of, uh, you know, prejudice testing, bias testing, um, even training in those regards. Yeah. And that's the reason why I brought up about the unconscious bias test, because some people sometimes don't realize that, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, times have changed. So therefore everything else has to change, you know? And who knows, maybe in 10 and 15 years from now to be something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just think that somehow or another, and then also getting back to policing, uh, they always been uh, uh, a cry for more uh, uh, minorities on the police department. I know when I was as, as alderman, that, that's always had been a big issue. I think that the city need to look really, uh, revisit how they go about doing it because you keep doing the same thing every time you're going to get the same results you know i look at a city like rockford who have a large number of, uh, uh, of minorities on the police department why not somehow know the network with them and see how what works for them and see how you be able to tailor that to freeport you know mm -hmm. Uh, I do know a couple of uh, African-American police officers in Rockford. I've talked to them and they say they, they willing to come over and talk, you know, to give their experience about being a, a, a police officer. Because who knows, you might have some people here that's really interested about being a police officer, mm -hmm. but they've never been approached and never been talked to about being a police officer. So uh, uh, that's, that's another plan that I have. Yeah, is to try to do things totally different than what's been done before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, so um, for those who don't know, because as you said at the top of this podcast, we've 
<coughs> excuse me, recently um, switched over to a, a city manager style of government. Between the city manager and the mayor, where exactly is the, uh, I mean, I guess, first of all, what's the relationship between the two? Well, the two is, as, as stated, that the city managers more or less act on the city council, the mayor too, uh, goals for the city. So he had to take that and figure out what ways he, he, he can make that happen. And then also too, he runs the day-to-day -day operation. That will fill up, that free up the mayor's time to, to interact with the community. My question is, and I've never, never heard or read anything about it. Have they really gave the city manager evaluation how well his job been done? Has he met the goals that they set forth? Yeah. I think that's something that needs to be done, especially with somebody that's getting paid, what, six figures? Uh, that he should have, he should have some type of evaluation. In most businesses, a CEO have evaluation. You know, I mean, and you have to look at it. Freeport is the business. And I look at that with the city manager and the mayor and, and the city council, the city manager is the CEO, the mayor is the chairman of the board, and then you got your board members, which, which is the alderman. And, uh, and the alderman do the fire and hiring of the city manager. So if that city manager is not meeting that, 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 that goals that you set forth, before him, this timetable, then I think he needs to be served with consequences. The next question is, we only been in, only have city manager uh, style of government for the, just four years now. How come we ended up with two? You know, why we, why we now into the second one, you know? Uh, so, uh, and that's something that the mayor never really gave any kind of update, uh, no kind of report just how the city managerial government is working in Freeport. <laughs> Once again, to me, that's a lack of leadership for not uh, 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 giving that information back to the Freeport. And even during her campaign, she talking about doing roles and stuff like that. Not one time did she mention how well her relationship was with, with the city manager, how that worked or whatever. Because uh, I think that the people in Freeport really want to know because some people just don't have that understanding yet, how you know what a city manager is, you know, and what he does, and what the mayor does, what the council does. You, know. uh, you have to be more transparent on how things are doing, how things are working, because people paying their taxes and people want to know: is my money being used in the way it's supposed to be used? Okay, that. Uh... Yeah, it's it, it has been a, a little bit bizarre in that um, we adopted the city manager. And like you said, we were we're on our second one and it still seems a lot of people are a little hazy and a little bit confused about what happened with the first one. It was just kind of one day he was just gone and oh, now we have a new one. OK, um, do you what who, when when they're do, dealing with the who ultimately hires the city manager is that the city council that is involved in that city process? council hires the city council hires and fires the city manager mm -hmm. and you know i'm going to tell you something else too it took them three times to really uh eventually uh vote in the city manager or government mm -hmm. so it took three tries three referendum i put it like that 
before it was voted in, you know. Uh, so now we're, we're into it. So I think the question is, and like you said, people still not too familiar with this because they're looking at the mayor still runs things, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, 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 the, it's, the city, it's the city manager. You know? mm -hmm. But I think the mayor and city council still have that, that oversee of things that they're doing. By doing that is giving him an evaluation, a yearly evaluation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And right now there's none of that in place at all? Far as I know of, have you heard anything? No. I haven't. Have you read anything about it? No. <laughs> I haven't. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm anticipating that it, it hasn't. They just sat back and just let him do what he want to do. That's not right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to me, that's not right. <laughs> now, when, when somebody's hired for the city manager's position, that's is that like a contract or a term, or is it just you're hired until you either like most jobs where you either retire or resign or are fired? No, I, I, between which I really don't know. I'm anticipating this is up to I don't know. If, I know if it's a contract or what have you, but from what I'm anticipating that it is. It's up to whenever that person decide that he had enough, he want to move on, or he retires, or whatever. Then he pretty much uh, uh, gone. I mean, I, that's just what I, I'm I'm anticipating. Uh, so it's once again <laughs> getting back to the evaluation, you know? mm -hmm. because I don't think that you want to keep going with somebody that's not really doing their job the way it should be done. Because see, right now the, the, the mayor is catching all heat because of the city manager not doing what he's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, I would go back to doing the evaluation, a yearly evaluation. If he's not doing his job, then it's, it's time to decide: Do you want to keep on with this guy, or eventually trying to find somebody else that will come in and do what you set for? For them to do yeah i agree the uh so one thing that uh we're we're starting to draw a little bit closer on time here so what i'll do is i'll just kind of um give the floor to you any uh things that we haven't touched on anything you would love to say to the people any ideas you'd like to expand upon well the thing i would say that you know to the people is that the question that I would ask, are you satisfied how Freeport has been the last four years underneath the present administration? And then also too with the city managerial government. If not, now's the time to make that change. Change that someone that cares about Freeport, change that, 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 that someone that really cares about you, not only just you, but all the citizens of Freeport. Mm -hmm. Now's the change, now's the time to make that change to move Freeport forward. Now's the change to go to the poll. There's early voting going on right now. Get out and vote until uh, April 5th. Then we're April 6th, go to the polls to vote. Voting is very, 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 very important, regardless if it's national or local, more so local because that's where you can make the change. Mm -hmm. uh, so now's the time to get out and vote and vote for Ronnie J. Bush for mayor of Freeport, Illinois. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. You've heard it. Uh, you got to hear uh, Mr. Ronnie Bush here. I want to, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your out of your day to come on the show and talk about these kinds of things. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get the word out there and uh, wish you nothing but the best, sir. 
<laughs> well, thank you for having me. You know, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, once I get in, I hope I you, you invite me back again. Oh, know? absolutely. Because I want to get the word out to the people of Freeport. Mm -hmm. I want to get the word out to the people of Freeport, not just for just from some segment of the community, but for everybody. Yeah. I do realize everybody has an opinion. That's your right. Whether we agree or not agree, I think somehow or another we could be able to work together to move Freeport forward. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. We will uh we will be in touch in the future, sir. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank uh, you. Please do. All right. Well, take care, Ronnie. All right. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. So that was the podcast with Mr. Ronnie Bush. He's a really good guy. I was really, really happy that he agreed to come on and sit down and do that podcast with me. If you live in Freeport, uh, don't forget that uh, early voting is open now up until April 5th, and then April 6th is the general election day. You cannot underestimate how important local government is. I urge every single one of you, regardless of your opinions or the way you feel, your sway to get out and vote. But that's all for us today. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Blackstar Woodcrafts, Facebook, Instagram, Etsy. Go check it out and get 15% off your order by mentioning The Pin Show. That's all I got for today. I just want to say I love all you and take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time.